0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the -the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel Treasure Valley. Today we continue our study of the tabernacle as God gives Moses instructions for building the table for showbread and the gold lampstand. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 25 on Simply the Bible.
0: The tabernacle was a portable structure that measured 45 feet long, 15 feet wide, and 15 feet high. It was divided into two rooms. Only the priests could enter it. They would walk into the holy place, which was 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. On the right was the table of showbread, on the left was the gold lampstand, directly before them was the veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place. The most holy place was 15 feet long and 15 feet wide. Inside was the Ark of the Covenant. Only the high priest could go into the most holy place once a year on the Day of Atonement. The only exception was when God moved the camp and Aaron and his sons had to go inside to prepare everything for transport. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 25, verse 23. You shall also make a table of acacia wood, two cubits shall be its length, a cubit its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold and make a molding of gold all around. You shall make for it a frame of a handbreadth all around. And you shall make a gold molding for the frame all around. We call this the table of showbread. It was three feet long, 18 inches wide, and two feet, three inches high. As with the Ark of the Covenant, it was made from acacia wood and overlaid with pure gold. It had a raised frame all around, keeping whatever was placed on the table from sliding off. And you shall make for it four rings of gold and put the rings on the four corners that are at its four legs. The rings shall be close to the frame as holders for the poles to bear the table. And you shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold that the table may be carried with them. You shall make its dishes, its pans, its pitchers, and its bowls for pouring. You shall make them of pure gold, and you shall set the showbread on the table before me always. The rings on the four corners were to hold poles by which the Levites would carry it whenever they moved. Its dishes, pans, pitchers, and bowls were all made of pure gold. And on the table, they would set the showbread before the Lord always. Each Sabbath, 12 fresh loaves of bread would be placed on the table. The Jewish historian Josephus records that these were unleavened and placed on top of each other in two stacks of six, Upon each stack, frankincense was placed and burned before the Lord. When the old bread was removed, it was given to Aaron and his sons to eat in a holy place. The twelve loaves represented the twelve tribes of Israel. It spoke of God's desire to have fellowship with his people, to commune and to eat with them. In that culture, eating with someone was a great demonstration of unity the same food that is becoming part of me is becoming part of you. This also symbolized the unity of the 12 tribes of Israel. Later, in the days of Rehoboam, when the kingdom was divided, the 12 loaves continued to be placed before the Lord. While Israel was divided on earth, the Lord still saw his people as one. The three tabernacle furnishings first mentioned are the Ark of the Covenant, the table of showbread and the gold lampstand. These correspond to the father, son and Holy spirit respectively. As you would enter the tabernacle, the table of showbread would be on the right. We know that Jesus sits at the right hand of God in heaven. It was made of wood representing Christ's humanity and gold representing his divinity as the bread came out from the presence of the Lord and was food for the priests. So Jesus came from heaven to be our bread of life. He said in John six fifty one, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The priests ate the bread of the presence in a holy place. And when we partake of Christ, it is a holy meal. This speaks of the Lord's Supper where Jesus took the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We are told to examine ourselves before we eat the bread and drink the cup, lest we eat or drink in an unworthy manner and bring judgment on ourselves by failing to discern the body of Christ. When we partake of communion, it is a holy meal. Finally, we know that Jesus desires to have fellowship with each of us. He told the church of Laodicea, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. The deepest union Jesus can have with you is to eat with you. He's just waiting for you to open the door and let him in. The 12 loaves stacked in order before the Lord represented the unity of the children of Israel. Likewise, the church is unified in Christ. Speaking of this unity, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Nowhere is this essential unity in the body of Christ better demonstrated than at the communion table. As we all partake of the bread and the fruit of the vine, we realize that we are all sinners. Yet we've all been redeemed by the same body and blood of Jesus. The grace and forgiveness we have each received from God extends through us to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We forgive because we have been forgiven. And this oneness comes up before the Lord as a sweet smelling aroma, just like the fresh bread and frankincense in the tabernacle. Verse 31. You shall also make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be of hammered work. Its shaft, its branches, its bowls, its ornamental knobs and flowers shall be of one piece. The six branches shall come out of its side. Three branches of the lampstand out of one side and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side three bowls shall be made like almond blossoms on one branch with an ornamental knob and a flower and three bowls made like almond blossoms on the other branch with an ornamental knob and a flower. And so for the six branches that come out of the lampstand, on the lampstand itself, four bowls shall be made like almond blossoms, each with its ornamental knob and flower And there shall be a knob under the first two branches of the same, a knob under the second two branches of the same, and a knob under the third two branches of the same, according to the six branches that extend from the lampstand. Their knobs and their branches shall be of one piece. All of it shall be of one hammered piece of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps for it, and they shall arrange its lamps so that they give light in front of it and its wick trimmers and their trays shall be of pure gold. It shall be made of a talent of pure gold with all these utensils. And see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. Now this gets a little tedious in explaining it, but it's because God had to specifically give the plans to Moses in writing. The gold lampstand or menorah was the one furnishing of the three mentioned so far that was pure gold. It was made from one talent of gold, about 75 pounds, and not molded, but hammered into shape. It had a central shaft with three branches on each side, giving a total of seven lamps. It was very ornate with knobs, flowers, and bowls in the shape of almond blossoms. The lamps were positioned in such a way as to cast light in front of it. Moses was to make it according to the pattern that God showed him, on the mountain now since there were no windows in the tabernacle the gold lampstand was the only source of light the priests would tend it by adding oil and trimming the wicks so that it burned continually before the lord it is easy to see how the lampstand represents the holy spirit in the book of revelation chapter 4 john is caught up in the spirit where he sees the throne of god in verse 5 he says and from the throne proceeded lightning's thunderings and voices seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God We believe these seven lamps of fire before the throne represent the seven attributes of the Holy Spirit as described in Isaiah 11:2 where it speaks of the spirit anointing Christ The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of Yahweh and these six other attributes correspond to the seven spirits before the throne and the seven lamps of the gold lampstand. But since these seven spirits anoint Christ, the lampstand also pictures Christ who is the light of the world. We are living in a dark world. The problems of mankind are due to the darkness of men's hearts. And from a purely human perspective, they are insoluble. But Christ has come to bring light to this world. Sadly, most people do not walk in this light. The Apostle John writes in the first chapter of his gospel, in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. The Lord had so much life and light to give, but so many didn't understand. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, you are the light of the world. The Lord has illuminated us so that we can illuminate others. Once my light was not shining. Sin prevented the Lord's rays from shining through me. When I turned from my sins and surrendered my life to Christ, he washed me and filled me with his abundant life. And that life has been my light. His word has been a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. As the light from the lampstand in the tabernacle went before the servants of God, so the light of the Lord has illuminated my path so that I can serve him. But it doesn't end there, for he wants me to be a light to others." As I have freely received his light, he wants me to freely give it away. The same sevenfold Holy Spirit who anointed Christ anoints me. Not that I've in any way arrived, but I have the Spirit's power and his anointing to help me let my light shine for Jesus. And guess what? If you have received Christ into your life, then you also have the Spirit of God anointing you. So let your light shine. All around you are people living in darkness because they haven't yet understood the light of Jesus Christ, but they can see him in you. Don't hide your light under a box or in your room, but be a lamp on a lampstand and a city on a hill. Within you is the light of Christ that is the life of men.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. Next week, we'll continue our study of the sanctuary as God gives Moses instructions for building the structure of the tabernacle along with the mysterious veil. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Exodus on Simply the Bible.